Hey, boondockers, where are you staying tonight? I'm Jeremy Storton. I'm an advanced Cicerone, host of the Good Beer Matters podcast, and an occasional traveler. I'll be your host as we search for a great place to stay and a happier life on the road. This is the Roads and Stays audio magazine, the best 30 minutes you'll spend all day. Whether you're an RV weekend warrior or travel full-time, fixes and updates are always on the chore list. That's why Harvest Host has compiled this helpful RV renovation guide, complete with DIY tips, maintenance tricks, and everything in between. Download our free guide linked in this episode description to finally get your to-do list done. I love the idea of taking my family into unknown adventure armed with an RV and a can-do attitude. But what if that adventure takes you out of the US? Are you prepped for international travel? Do you even know what to prep for? Our next guest on the Roads and Stays audio magazine is a traveling family of four, and they have tips on how to take the worry and guesswork out of traveling through Mexico. But first, the Roads and Stays February News Roundup. This host highlight is in Trenton, Florida. And if you love animals, then check out this retirement home for cats, dogs, horses, and a whole lot more. The Golden Oldies Retirement Home is in Trenton, Florida, near Fanning Springs State Park. You can stay two nights to enjoy the area as well as spend some time with these lovable pets who are living out their best life. And we have a little news from the National Park Service. Which reservations do you need to make now? It turns out people love visiting national parks, maybe a little too much, because now they have to restrict visitors to preserve the parks for future generations. Not all parks require reservations though, but here are the top four reservations you need to make this spring. Acadia National Park. You won't technically need a reservation to enter the park, but the Cadillac Summit Road is a great place to see the sunrise and catch a midday view. If you make a trip to Acadia, you'll want a reservation. Arches National Park. Arches National Park will have a timed entry system between April 1st and October 31st in 2023. This means you'll need a reservation in advance and have a ticket with you. You can make your reservation on recreation.gov. As of February 1st, you can make your reservations for the month of May, so plan ahead. Haleakala National Park. For those of you with pontoons on your RV or those who will just take a car, you can enter the Haleakala National Park between 3 a.m. and 7 a.m. for the world-famous Haleakala Sunrise. But you'll need a reservation. You can book a couple months in advance and your reservation is good for three days during your entire visit to Hawaii. Yosemite National Park. Yosemite National Park offers many cool experiences. One that stands out is the waterfall on fire. This illusion happens during the last three weekends in February at Horsetail Falls. For those of you who missed it this year, there's still plenty to see and experience. Just don't forget, you'll need a reservation. We hope you'll tune in each month as we share news that revolves around the RV world. We'll highlight new RVs, tech that can make your travels better, and of course, some of the best farms, wineries, breweries, and other great stays around North America. Did you know that Roads and Stays is also a magazine? 
We cover RV news, personal stories, and keep you in the know on tips, discounts, and future events. So what are you waiting for? Download Roads and Stays today. Now, on to the story. Good morning, you guys, or should I say buenos dias? Uh, uh, <laughs> you guys, um, uh, like I mentioned to you before we start rolling, uh, I, I love hearing from everyone on the road, but your story kind of touches uh, me a little bit personally, just the adventure that you're on right now. And we're going to dive into that in just a minute. But will you please, let's start, please introduce yourselves and and what in the world you are doing. <laughs> so I'm Nathan. I'm Marissa. Uh, we're Less Junk More Journeys, our brand name that we use uh, for the most part. Uh, and really, this journey started because of a kid. Uh, we had our, our daughter, uh, Marissa, was working full-time as a nurse. And uh, we said, you know what? We want more journey in our life. She, we didn't get to spend time with our kid as much as we wanted. This was over seven years ago, seven and a half years ago we mm-hmm. launched. Um, so we've been full-time in an RV since then, almost eight years. Wow. Uh, and and it. I don't know. Everybody needs to look for their inspiration, but that was really our inspiration. Just more family time, adventure. And then we realized you could put it on wheels and we're like, let's do that. (laughs) Here we are. Well, and it seems like there are those people who uh, they're waiting for this particular adventure when the kids are gone out of the house. Um, uh, And then there, there are those who are like, you know, let's do this while the kids are small. Frankly, my kids are teenagers, uh, one in high school, you know, one in junior high. And, and I'm, I'm a little intimidated to, uh, say, Hey, uh, uh, honey, um, I've got an idea. (laughs) I just want to run past you. (laughs) I don't know how well that would go, but, uh, you guys have been doing this for, like you said, eight years now. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, one kid, do you just have one? Well, we started out that way. We started, um, out that way. We, we started this adventure because we now have twelve. No, no. We're going to need a bigger bus. <laughs> right, right. Hey, we've seen it. We've seen it. We've all. seen a lot. Seen yeah. But how are your kids responding to this? To to being on the um, road. Well, Hensley, our daughter was one when we hit the road initially, so it's all she knows. So she doesn't know any different. Yes. And then JJ, uh, our son, is our Alaskan souvenir. So we went to Alaska (laughs) in 2018 and came home with, um, better than any t-shirt or magnet, we came home with him. And so he's always lived this lifestyle. So it's all our kids. He's three. He's almost four now. Yeah. 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 And that's enough. We're we're pretty good with two (laughs) as far as our our plans don't always go the way we just yeah. reevaluate here, here. it. Here, here, I'll drink to that. <laughs> right. We just reevaluate it. We ask our kids and um, and just every year make the the decision, is this what's best for our family? And for the past seven years, it's been, yes, this is it. This is what works. Do you foresee a day when your kids are old enough to think, you know, mom, dad, I want to play sports. I want to, I want to, go to high school dance. I, I, I want to, I want to do normal kid things. Do you, do you, are you anticipating that conversation? I think we do. Um, and we, again, we, we have those conversations with our kids. They don't, and just like with any sort of parenting, whether you're in a home or, or in an RV, I mean, you take their feedback. That doesn't mean that's exactly how it'll go, but I, I do think one day we do see ourselves being there, but, but I mean, every year we say, who knows, we just evaluate it year to year. Um, Honestly, I think uh, there there is so much flexibility in this life 
that you can pick and choose what you want to do and how you want to do it. We have enrolled Hensley in soccer first season. And um, if you want to do that, you can find ways. If you want to do dances, we we have friends that have teenagers or middle schoolers on the road, and there are opportunities for that. They, they get together. They have dances as a collective group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't say there's no way you can do those things on the road. There are opportunities. It's harder. For, it, it is. It just is more. You have to be more intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are absolutely many ways to do this lifestyle without feeling like you're missing out. But it's and, flexibility. And is it necessarily harder versus just being different? Uh, it can be both. I, we, we like to say the highs are high and the lows are low. And so okay. like, you know, we're, we're, in, you're probably leading up to that. But I mean, we're sitting in Baja on a beach and she's here with some of her friends we're caravanning with. And this is a high, yeah. Yeah. but then in, you know, who knows in two months, we might be sitting by ourselves in the middle of nowhere monsooning and for a whole <laughs> week out of nowhere. And you know, and that, that might, or we might be with a flat tire on the side of the road and that that's a low. So yeah. it, I, I think it can be, I would say more there, there's more challenges or different types of challenges. So it's challenging and there are sacrifices, but it's so rewarding at the same time. So it's this like balance of like sacrifice and reward with this lifestyle. It takes, it takes more intentionality, I guess. If you're not intentional, when you have a nine to five and you've got your regular routine set up, if things go wrong, you can still kind of, you know, where the repair shops are and how to fix things. If you're not intentional with this lifestyle, um, and which is a good practice to have, to be intentional, right? To think Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you, you, you'll, you'll get, you'll get whooped pretty fast. If you're not intentional about it. <laughs> well, I, I think, uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this lately and I, I don't know, uh, I forget why uh, I prompted this thought, but just thinking about the idea of, you know, people just, oh, it was a conversation I had with some, uh, uh some buddies a, a few weeks ago around Christmas time. And, um, uh, it was the idea of just getting up, going to your job, coming home to the same old place, doing the same old thing, watching the same old show, uh, wash, rinse, repeat, um, and how just the you kind of lose yourself when you get too caught up in that routine um, and just in having to think in advance to think about if this happens, then we need to deal with it here. So what are the resources and what are the assets liabilities that we have to think about as we move to this next phase of this adventure? Is that kind of what you're getting into? Yeah. Yeah. I think some of that, I think, um, I think you're always asking yourself just the questions of what do I really want in life? What really brings me joy? And, and the truth of the matter is a lot of times we're so busy. We never even slow down enough to do that. Yeah. Uh, we're just trying to, we're just trying to survive day to day or what's put right in front of us is what we have to get done. Um, and that's one of the benefits of this lifestyle is you, you get to slow down. We've seen people totally rediscover themselves. They leave and they're like, I don't know what I want to do next. All I know is I can't do what I'm doing anymore. And they just drop it. They hit the road and during that time, they, they sometimes come up with something or a skill or something they dreamed of doing. And they actually even, you know, end up making more money or being more, you know, just to have a bigger impact and happier. And, and that doesn't always happen. But I think it, if you give yourself some space to really evaluate your life, um, it can be really powerful. I mean, we're definitely different people than we were eight years mm-hmm. ago, which I think is a good thing. You know, we've been kind of molded a little bit more to be more flexible and but also more um, structured at the same time. I know that sounds like it counter contradicts itself, but no, it's but it true. Makes sense. 
Yeah. And we've discovered a lot about ourselves. Like you said, I didn't know I loved hiking. I I had never hiked really before. Um, I'd grown up playing sports, right. But discovering that I enjoy hiking, we enjoy hiking as a couple, as a family skills, we never, or hobbies, we never knew we enjoyed until we hit the road and discovered more things about ourselves. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of quotes and, 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 you know, watching movies is fun, but you know, I, I'm that, I'm that guy that analyzes movies and or books or whatever, and just kind of like, okay, how do I play that to my life? Right here. Yeah. Mental high five on that one. Yeah. Uh, and one of my favorite quotes uh, from uh, Henry David Thoreau is the mass of men lead uh, lives of quiet desperation. Um, and, and to me, what you're talking about is the, the rest of us who live in a fixed housing, um, kind of running through our routine, it gets easy to let go of that, of that, uh, knife edge that you need to kind of keep yourself, um, in a, in a state of readiness or however you want to word that. And, and what you're describing is, uh, being on the road, being that RV lifestyle, it, it uh, it, uh, 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 it uh, strongly encourages you to <laughs> be mindful uh, of of of, uh, of the stuff so that you don't fall into that life of quiet desperation. And that's just that's just my projection from the outside looking into your lifestyle and other people that are living that your life as well. Yeah, I think we we always fill the space we have, whether that's physically or mentally. You know, we're in a physically a small space, so we can yeah. only fill the space we have. But that forces us to be intentional about the decisions we make, and it's the same thing with our time. Um, if if we're not given any space or time or energy to fill that with other things or even think about how to fill that, then we're just kind of stuck with what we have. And that, um, and that doesn't even necessarily mean you know when our message is less junk more journey. That doesn't mean you have to live in an RV to have any type of adventure, and you have to sell everything and live on the road. Yeah. That's why our message is less junk more journey. Like letting go of the stuff that doesn't really matter. We think that we need that kind of holds us in in this bondage of just like letting go of all that stuff to just have more in our life, more adventure, more journey, and that looks different for everybody's lifestyle. I mean, downsizing or, you know, people will tell us our 40 foot fifth wheels huge that we live in, um, or this one's too small. This isn't 40 feet. This, is, <laughs> this one's our, our new adventure mobile we're using. But I think that's so relative to what is less junk, more journey to you. That looks different for everybody, but just having less to live more. Well, bef- and that is a perfect segue. Thank you. So before we talk about the, the physical junk uh, we were already talking about the mental junk, the the uh, the the use of time, um, or the concept of our time as a valuable resource, mm-hmm. as well as um, w- what is it that we actually need to live and thrive and be filled with joy? Um, is it is it three thousand square feet? Is it three hundred square feet? What what does that mean? What what is your approach to solving that conundrum? Hey, business owners, are you interested in earning extra revenue? Harvest Host is a platform that connects over 200,000 RVers to local businesses for overnight stays. The model is simple. Hosts open up a space for RVers to park for one night, and in turn, travelers spend money at the business. And there's no cost to be a host. In fact, hosts make an average of $15,000 in extra revenue every year and meet some amazing folks. Visit harvesthost.com forward slash hosts to get started today.
So I think, um, I think the thought just left me. I think it's different for everybody too. Like I was saying that, um, I think it's relative to the person. It's relative to what your comfort is, what we started out with. Like we've been in, we've been in a 30 foot airstream and a 40 foot fifth wheel. Um, and so what we needed at that time was different when we first started versus now. I think it, that's different for everybody in the season of life you're in. We've added another kid. So then we upgraded our space. Um, so I think just like listening to the needs of your, of your situation and your family um, and just knowing that it's okay that one day I need a little more than I needed another, another season of life. We, we beat ourselves up for that sometimes. And that's been something we've done is made changes as we've seen the needs. Do, do you find it requires a uh, high degree of honesty with yourself of what you truly, truly need? Oh, yes. Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes we've been told that a purchase price is the number you see on a thing. Um, but, but really that's not how things, even something that's free is not necessarily free. It might require a lot of time or energy. I mean, just get a free app for instance, you know, you'll get five minutes into it and you scream at it because you can't do anything you want to do. And then now all of a sudden you have to go and, you know, you end up paying the money anyways. But if you buy a boat, um, you have the purchase price of the boat, but then there's a lot of time that goes into maintaining the boat and storing the boat. And well, how do I tow the boat at this point? And all that may or may not be worth it. That's not saying don't buy a boat or don't buy an RD. Just know what your but, time's yeah, worth. You've really got to look at what your time's worth and what time goes into something you purchase. So every single purchase, if you got the 55 inch TV and you say, well, maybe I want a 60. Well, there's, there's time. It's not just the cost of the 60 inch TV. It's the time that goes into researching the 60-inch TV, going and buying the 60-inch TV, taking the 55-inch TV down, making sure the 60-inch works. You realize it doesn't, it doesn't the right way. So you, you might have you know, a lot of your time and energy into that. And so you, you just, again, become more intentional about a purchase. When I see a purchase now, I don't just see the price of that purchase. I see all the time that goes into that. Interesting. Well, and and come game day or movie night, that 60-inch TV is really going to pay off. But the rest of the time, maybe not. Right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're only going to watch it once a week or maybe it's just for the one game day, I mean, it may or may not be worth it. If you 55 inches broken or, I mean, there's lots of reasons it becomes worth it, even with the time involved, but it's just being intentional and knowing, Hey, there is more involved than just the cost of the item itself. So let's talk about the physical stuff, the, the, the junk that you guys talk about in less junk, more journey. Um, you know, uh, we, we, Recently, in the past, I don't know, eight months or so, we downsized from a 3,000 square foot house to a 2,000 square foot house, mm-hmm. got rid of a bunch of junk, but there's still, there's still junk. I'm, you know, just, be, just between you and me, there's still plenty of junk in my garage. Um, but you go out there and you think, okay, I, I, I've been holding on to this box since I was in college because someday someday I'm going to, I'm going to read those books again. I'm going to go through those notes. Um, you know, we have all the, all the artwork from the kids when they were in kindergarten. And, you know, you, you, if you want to be a good parent, you can't possibly get rid of that stuff, even though it's been stuck in a box for however long. What is your approach? What is your advice on getting rid of that physical junk in all of our lives? (laughs) <laughs> well, you're going to get two totally different. We literally answers. came out with a t-shirt, you know, mine says less junker says more journey because we each have op- opposing, not opposing, but just not different views. But different struggles, right? Like yeah. I totally connect with someone who, uh, who has a connection to their stuff. And that's why we say we're less junk, not no junk. Same with you. We still have, we still have our struggles. We still have a hard time letting go of stuff. Sometimes I know I do. Nathan thrives on 
you know, getting rid of things. Like it makes him feel joyful. But to me, like I get sorrowful when I let go yeah. of something a lot. So we definitely have two very different approaches. So he, he's he's definitely cold hearted about it, isn't he? <laughs> well, I, it does help. I don't have as much of an emotional attachment to things as she does. But I yeah. think on the, on the other hand too, like when I see an item, I, I do have some attachment to it, but I can see past that. I may be a little more visionary of, I can see that, Hey, if I do get rid of this, then that opens up the possibilities to have, because that's the worst is when you can't go anywhere or do anything because the stuff that you think you might need or might love one day is keeping you from doing that. Yeah. And so it is tough to get rid of those things, but if I know it's going to bring me more experiences and more journey in my life, um, I think it's that vision of what could be. And we make a good team because, you know, he'll tell me all the time when I get upset that he's, you know, getting rid of things. And, but he always asks, we have this like really good communication. And sometimes I even tell him, I'm like, I'm not ready to let go of that yet, but I'll think about it. And and he's okay with that. We have an outgoing box. We have a whole constantly. process. You probably get yeah, into it. It's a process. <laughs> it's I had to create a process. It's too much just to take something and get rid of it. So we've got like these steps time. in between. I need time to let go. I need time to like think about it. So it goes into this like giveaway box when he realizes yeah. we're not using it. And I'll go through it and some things I'm ready for and some things I'm not. And honestly, like the next time, the next cycle, I'll be ready for it. And I know that makes no sense to some people, but I'm like, I just needed time to like process it or think about it or realize I'm not using it. Um, so I think just finding that middle ground has been so key for us um, because he'll tell me, he'll say, you know, we're able to do this because I'm good at this. And I'm like, I know. So I have to like, but he's respected my time of letting go and, and that makes perfect sense. Uh, just again, I, I was just watching a show last night. It was talking about um, it, it, was, it was a great show. But when I say it out loud, um, it, it's going to sound like terrible. But it was talking about accepting getting older, accepting the aging process and ac- accepting the inevitable or inevitable death, um, which sounds like a terrible thing. But but they're talking about how great it is and how how valuable of an experience it is to enter into that stage of grief, um, enter that stage of acceptance and and how that is difficult for us. Um, and now to extrapolate that from the show that I watched into uh, your process, Marissa, where it's like you ha- have this I had this picture that my daughter drew me, you know, when she was eight years old, you know, I can't possibly get rid of that, but I need to go through my acceptance period that I will honestly never probably look at this again once it goes into that box um, Mm -hmm. and go through that grief of like, oh, I miss, you know, daddy's little girl. I'll take a picture of it. So I always have a digital copy and Mm -hmm. then go, go through those stages. So I, I completely Mm -hmm. appreciate the, the process of of getting rid of junk as opposed to just you know roll in the bin and start dumping it it's it it it's not always that simple sometimes mm-hmm. and sometimes it's even taken years you know we've we've looked at every christmas is a good time we do like a once a year big purge and right before christmas is always good because you know kids are getting new stuff we're getting new stuff yeah uh, and sometimes it's years before i've been able to let go and that's okay that's okay yeah. you know just give yourself some some, uh, some grace there. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit more. We've talked about, uh, you know, your time is valuable and, and, and factoring that into your decisions. We talked about clearing the junk out of your mind, clearing the junk out of your space, but you guys brought it up. You are now in Baja, Mexico. Um, you have departed from the, all that is known in the U S and gone on to, um, you know, uh, let's just, you know, see what happens. 
there are many of us who would see that as risky. I don't know if I could do that. What was your preparation? What, how did you clear the junk from your mind and, and prep for a trip like that? I think you, sometimes you have to start with a mental, clear mental slate of, and the same thing. We've stayed in Chicago with our RV. We, you know, there's even places in the U.S. as we've stayed in, and people are like, oh my goodness, that's not safe because you have these perceptions yeah. of cities or yeah. countries. Um, so you really got to have an open mind and really look at the area you're going to. There are parts of Mexico that can be dangerous, but there's also parts of the United States that can be dangerous. Um, and so taking away the generalities and looking at specifically where you're going to go, what you're going to do, and find out what not to do. There are things you don't want to do in Mexico. Uh, but there's also things you don't want to do everywhere else. So figuring that out, I think in the beginning takes away some of that fear. Like, oh, well, I assume that, but now that I've done a little research, it turns out it's actually not that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my own travels, not in, necessarily in an RV, but tra- taking my family to Mexico. Again, you and I talked about this offline, but um, it I, I needed to make sure that um, uh, that I knew the safety factor that I got advice from not only the the people who were from that area in Mexico, but especially all of the um, non-Hispanic folks who travel there frequently and just kind of get a wide, you know, cast a wide net to get as much data points and knowledge and information I could so that I had a very clear picture of what to expect um, so that I knew, okay, uh, you know, I need to have, you know, an extra 20 or 40 bucks in my wallet, just in case we get pulled over. Um, we, you know, we need to, you know, we're not going to drink the tap water, uh, you know, all this stuff and even, and even beyond, a, um, a greater safety concerns. Um, but what about the preparation about, uh, making sure that when you cross the border, there's no issues with you coming back into the U S <laughs> Yeah, no, you've got a whole checklist for that too. We've got a lot of lists and we're, we're actually with a caravan. So we have a document we all share within the caravan of where we're going, what we're doing, what the days might look like. I mean, it's not all rigid because a lot of the places don't even take reservations down here. So it is flexible, but having that shared um, is a big deal too. But I mean, as far as the prep, um, I don't know. I mean, we all knew what we, we, we've explored what border, there's lots of places you can cross the border. Uh, some of them we feel like are a little more friendly than others. We did the research for RVers, which ones seem to accommodate. We know people that have had the top of their RV, their AC ripped off because they just, they went, you know, they, they, they thought they were going to one, they changed their mind last second. And then all of a sudden it wasn't as tall as they thought it was. Um, and so there's a lot right off the bat, even where you enter Mexico was a lot of research. And that was, what's good about, you know, Nathan mentioned, there's a group of four of us that got together, had the common desire to, to come to Baja. So there's, there's four different people that are researching and putting eyes on it and coming up with a plan and everybody kind of has different skill sets. And so it's really nice. And we're doing like common meals together at night. It's just such a, such an aspect of life that I don't think we get very much anymore. Like, so it's kind of just brought out this new adventure. I don't know. So even though it is a little intimidating, it's like when you have other people that are there by your side and, um, doing some research with you. I think that's taken away a a lot of the fear. And sometimes you just have to do a ton of research, then make the leap. You know, like you said, you, you prepared and looked into it for a year and a half and then you kind of just make the leap. So we have our checklist of how we, how we prepared and, you know, the, the extra measures we did, but in the end, we just, we just had to go for it after years of research. A couple of the big fears people have that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. I know one is the road conditions. Yeah. The roads have so far have not been as bad. I mean, they are narrow. Um, when semis come, you do white knuckle it just a little bit because they're <laughs> flying down the other side. 
Uh, there is some of that, but the road itself is smoother than the 10, the 20, and any number of highways or interstates I can probably talk yeah. about in the United States. Uh, internet, uh, we you do lose cell signal a lot yes. uh, once you get toward the middle of Baja, but we Starlink now. So we just during the day, we have the walkie-talkies to communicate, but then we get to our spot and we have Starlink. So that's we're literally doing this right now. <laughs> yeah. Star, there's no cell signal. And here. one of the couples here, they work a nine to five. So they're, they have to be online. So, and I mean, it's been working great. And they've had no issue. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, there's so much more we could cover, but, uh, we're, we're, we're out of time. I, I, I know you guys have an exceptional YouTube video with tons of subscribers. So I, I can't wait to see the videos you create while on your Baja trip. And, uh, and I certainly hope, uh, some of it includes tacos and cerveza. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, thank you. Uh, if anyone wants to uh, find out more or follow you on this trip and any other trips, where can they go? If you're on YouTube, it's just uh, youtube.com slash less junk, more journey, or you can just go to less junk, more and it'll link to all, all, your, socials. all the socials. That's awesome. Have a great trip. Uh, be safe. And, and thank you for uh, kind of leading the, uh, the voyage of clearing our minds and our spaces so we can have more journey. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Calling all RVers. We've partnered with amazing brands like Brooklyn Bedding, Road Pass, Empire Covers, and more to get our fans incredible savings on their wishlist items. Are you ready to finally hit purchase on that item you've been hovering over? Our exclusive RV travel coupon booklet will get that final price where you want it. Download the link in our description box to start saving. Today's tip is sponsored by Harvest Hosts. Did you know that mints can be an effective natural repellent for keeping pests out of your RV? That strong scent of mint can be a powerful deterrent for many types of pests, including mice, ants, and spiders. One way to use mint as a repellent is to soak cotton balls in peppermint oil and place them in areas where pests are likely to enter, such as around doors, windows, and vents. You can also sprinkle crushed mint leaves around the outside of your RV to create a barrier that pests are less likely to cross. Mint is a safe and non-toxic way to keep pests at bay, and it can also leave your RV smelling fresh and minty clean. Hi, my name's Alyssa and I'm a newbie RVer. Uh, I wanted to tell you about the time, the second time that we hitched up our RV. (laughs) My husband and I recently went full time and had to move out of our rental. Well, the day came, we had had the house cleaned, everything was pulled out of the fridge and we were ready to go. Well, this was our second time hooking up the RV And even with the Hensley hitch, it took us about three hours of leveling, figuring everything out to finally get it hooked up. I can't tell you the amount of grease we used, the tears that were shed, trying to figure out how to get that dumb trailer hooked up to our car. But we finally did, and at 11 p.m. in 30 degree weather, we put our keys in the lockbox, said goodbye to our rental home, and finally hit the road. Thank you for that great story, and thank you again for joining us for the Roads and Stays Audio Magazine, the best 30 minutes you'll spend all day. Until next time, we wish you safe travels, and we'll see you down the road.